Good morning. Boker Tov. They say it in Hebrew. Shalom. That's all. That's all I got for this morning. There's a yes. Hey, praise the Lord! Our high school girls leading us worship this morning. Yeah. I I wish I uh, I envy them. You know, Sarah is 16 and Mao is 17. Uh, knowing the Lord and just loving the Lord at such a young age, I, I, I'm jealous of that. So praise the Lord. Well, a uh, couple of announcements before we have our very special guest speaker come and share with us. Uh, welcome, by the way, if you're new, you're visiting, we're blessed that you're here. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning. A uh, couple of things. Uh, let me lead off with a congratulations. So if you guys know the Yonker family, Ken and Rebecca, they had their baby, a baby girl this past week, Madeline Rose. And so we praise the Lord uh, for God blessing their family. And our church continues to grow. I think that's the 15th coronial uh, in the last couple months. And there's still more on the way, and uh, we're praying for even more after that. So uh, what a blessing. Also, I just want to say congratulations to uh, Kalija and Camila. Are they sitting in the sanctuary this morning? All right, maybe they're downstairs. I saw them on their way in. But so on Sunday, uh, Camila got baptized with 13 other people, and then yesterday we did their wedding ceremony, and so praise the Lord. What an amazing week she's had, right? Like, uh, so praise the Lord. We can clap for that. Amen. Absolutely. So, oh man, look at all the blondes in my beard. I didn't, anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> God's so good. Uh, so exciting. All right, friendly reminder this week, there's no midweek, uh, so connect group folks. Uh, we're taking Wednesday off. It's Japanese Thanksgiving holiday, if you didn't know. Uh, of course, then Thursday for the Americans is Thanksgiving uh, holiday, and so I pray that you'll have an amazing week and just be rested and count your blessings. The Bible says it's good for us to give thanks to the Lord, and it's good for us to take intentional time and just count our blessings and be grateful, cultivate a heart of gratitude. Amen. And uh, I was having a conversation yesterday with some other church uh, leaders and they're asking me, hey, what are you grateful for? And I, amongst my family and just other things, I, I said, I'm really grateful for our church. We, we have the world's best church and, uh, and I'm grateful for you guys and for the amazing work that God's doing here and with us. It, it really is a humble privilege uh, just to serve and do life with you guys. So thank you. Um, what else is going on? This Saturday, men's fishing trip. Uh, I think the last count was like 65 guys in that window, uh, which is crazy. That's fun. But with uh, such a tremendous response, there are different ports that the guys are heading out on. So if that's you and you have not received an email from Josh Bonaro, make sure you find him today and get the information that you need so that way you can get to the right port at the right time and make sure that you're on the right boat and all of those things. So uh, I'm going to be praying for you as I'm at Sushi Go Round and uh, asking blessing for your fishing trip on that day. I really, I really do hope you have a, a wonderful time. All right, ladies, uh, you are not forgotten, so there's a save the date peeking into next month on the 10th of December. The women are gathering to have a Christmas event, and uh, it is free, 
And the request is, if you can, ladies, if you can bring maybe a dessert or a finger food type of dish just to be able to share with the rest of the ladies, I think that would be greatly appreciated. The time's a little different than we've done in the past with our women's events. It's going to be in the afternoon. So from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., uh, Christy and Amy, they are asking if, if you don't mind, if you can sign up, though. That way they can ensure they have all the supplies they need. Uh, the church is going to supply uh, a number of things as well. And so we want to make sure, uh, as we've done in the past, just to be able to bless you well and uh, make it a great time for you ladies and so again, that's December 10th, okay? I think that's it for just events that are on the horizon. As always, if the Lord will lead you to, uh, with your tithes and offerings, greatly appreciate it. Thank you in advance. There are boxes in the back and downstairs. Of course, you can always give online if the Lord will lead you that way. And this morning, um, I- I'm really excited. First service was amazing. And what a blessing to have Pastor David with us. He's going to share a little bit about his family and his testimony, so I don't want to take too much away from that. Uh, But we were recently connected and had opportunity to dialogue uh, through emails and then um, just this past week through a video conference. And uh, just a delightful brother who loves the Lord. Um, God's given him a burden for not only his own people, uh, the Israelis and the Jewish, you know, people, but, but also for Japan. And as he'll share, there's a, a ministry that he is a part of called the Chosen People Ministry. And uh, recently they opened a branch in Japan and they have a heart to reach uh, those uh, in Japan. And so we're excited for that. And, um, and he's spoken at other uh, Calvary Chapel is actually even stateside not too long ago. A uh, good friend of mine in Japan also is like, oh man, if you have a chance to have David come, you should grab a hold of that and you know do what you can. And so what a blessing for us. Uh, first service, Pastor David mentioned Pastor Chuck Smith. Um, some of you might know the history of Calvary Chapel. And Pastor Chuck Smith was uh, a man of God that went home to be with the Lord a, a couple years ago. But uh, basically, the Lord led him to um, lead what's Calvary Chapel, the Calvary Chapel movement. Uh, he himself had a huge heart for Israel, for the salvation of Israel, for uh, the Jewish people. And, uh, and it's a heart that we, it's part of our DNA uh, here at Calvary Chapel. And so uh, we try to go to Israel before COVID. We were going about every three years. Uh, we are planning a trip, by the way, uh, summer of 2024, and so start sh- saving your shekels now. Uh, it's, it's a little bit pricey, but you can recycle cans and, you know, um, cash in your crypto. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be well worth it, okay? Because it's just all plummeting right now anyway. But anyways, um, we're looking forward to that, but uh, I'll share more towards the end of service, uh, Lord permitting and time permitting. But let's let's give Pastor David a very warm and long welcome. He's way in the back, so let's uh, welcome him as he comes. Shalom. Uh, in Hebrew we say, Boker Tov. Boker Tov. Oh, great. And uh, uh, good morning. And in Japanese, minna-san, ohayou gozaimasu. 
and uh, thank you for inviting me. It is a big privilege to be for me to be with you today. And you, you, Calvary, Okinawa Calvary Chapel, you have so amazing worship. I was so blessed. And um, also, I am, I'm one of your followers on Facebook. And it is, yeah, exactly. and it is so exciting to see what God uh, is doing in, in your church and what you are doing to, for your community. And uh, I see that many military people is here, people who serve in the military. I, I had a privilege to serve in Israeli military for eight years. And I uh, want to thank you. I want to tell you thank you for your service. And I can understand of importance of uh, uh, the service that you are doing. And as the Pastor Ch uh, Chuck mentioned, in Israel, we really appreciate Pastor Chuck Smith and uh, his heart for the Jewish people. And he was a man of God and, and uh, just a big, uh, big uh, Bible teacher. And uh, I had the privilege to learn from him a lot. Okay, as uh, today, I want to share with you about the fulfillment of Bible prophecies in the history of the Jewish people. And this topic uh, can be interesting not only for Jewish people, but for us as Christians as well. Because when we see Bible fulfillment of Bible prophecies in the history of Jewish people, it makes our faith even stronger that Bible is not just a historical book, that Bible is the word of the living God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, but before, I want to introduce uh, my family. And also, I apologize for my English. My English is not perfect. You know, when Hebrew is your native language, you have to serve uh, other languages. And English my, is my uh, fourth, like uh, language number four. It, uh, not, not perfect, but uh, I really appreciate you can uh, um, correct me or just ask me questions. Please feel uh, free to do it. And uh, today, um, me and my wife, Victoria, we have a privilege to serve God as um, pastors of Jewish Messianic Congregation in Tel Aviv. And also, as uh, Pastor Rick uh, mentioned, um, recently we opened guest house in Tokyo to serve uh, Jewish people, Jewish community in Japan. And many Jewish, you know, in Israel, both boys and girls have to serve in the military. For, I did it for eight years, but mostly they do it for three years. And after the military service, many of them decide to travel all over the world, sometimes for a few months, sometimes for a few years. And many of them are coming to Japan. We know about 40,000 young Israelis who come to Japan each year. Yeah, you know, it is, a, um, and uh, our vision, is to share, to meet these young Israelis, to host them, to share with them love of Jesus and the truth of the Bible, the gospel. As please keep our ministry in your prayers. The name of this guest house is Beit Samurai. It means the house of Samurai. In Israelis, really like this name. As it is about me and my wife, uh, I have uh, my oldest son. His name is Or El. It means Or, it means light, and El, God light of God. In Japanese, you say, kami no hikari. 
And my smallest daughter, Emma-chan, Emmanuel, she's a small boss of our family, you can see. <laughs> Very serious girl. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I want to start, uh, I would like to start with my family testimony, because I think that my, my family testimony describes in a wonderful way faithfulness of God towards Jewish people, to the Jewish people. You know, it is so sad, uh, God used Jewish people to write the Holy Scriptures. Uh, Jesus was born as a Jew, all the apostles were Jewish, and they suffered greatly to bring the gospel to the entire world. And today, most of the Jewish people, they don't know the truth about the gospel. But God has a good plan for the Jewish people. And we know, according to the Bible, God desires for the salvation of the Jewish people. And God still is faithful to the Jewish people, not because of our faithfulness, because of his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. And it is a good sign for us as a Christians, because we also make many mistakes, but God continues to be faithful to us because of his faithfulness. And uh, to share with you my family salvation story, I need to take you all the way back before the, the Second World War. I grew up in Israel, but origins of my family are from Latvia. Latvia is a small country in Eastern Europe that shares the border with Russia. And today, we have many Jewish people who are secular. They, they don't really follow God's commandments or, or Jewish religion. But in that time, before the Second World War, most of the Jewish population in Eastern Europe was very religion. People really tried to obey the Old Testament and all the Jewish traditions. And walk to the synagogue was a daily event. And the Jewish religion leadership had a huge influence on the Jewish community. Now, Judaism is a beautiful religion that's based on the Old Testament. And we have many beautiful traditions. And, it's, and, and the same moral standards as in Christianity. But there is a difference. In Christianity, we follow Bible. We want to obey Bible through of love. We have a Holy Spirit in our heart. We love God and we want to obey his word. In Judaism, we call it a burden of the commandments. Like it is hard, you know, ah, we must obey it, but this is so hard. And in that time, before the Second World War, my grandfather, he was a young man, intelligent one, and also a skeptical one, as many young people. And he didn't like this pressure of the religion. And uh, he was influenced by communist ideology that was spreading throughout Russia or throughout Eastern Europe in that time. And communist ideology pulled him away from the religion. But God, sometimes God works, uh, God moves in a mysterious way. And um, in the year 1941, when German soldiers were close to the, uh, to the Latvian borders, Jewish people wanted to run away, escape from Latvia. But um, rabbis, Jewish religion leadership, convinced them to stay. They said to the Jewish people, you, you keep God's commandments, you keep Holy Torah, God will protect you. God watches upon the people who keep his commandments. Just stay 
and pray and God will protect you. And we know that it is a lie. Why? Because in the Bible written, the Jewish people need to live in the land of Israel, in the pro in God promised land, and not to stay in Eastern Europe. And, but my grandfather, because of his skeptical point of view on Jewish religion leadership of that time, was not convinced. And he decided to run away, and he escaped, escaped to Russia. And after the Second World War, when he came back to Latvia, he found out that all the family was murdered by Nazi. His father, his mother, his younger brother, his younger sister. And for him, it was the last confirmation of the lies of the religion, because he remembered all the, what rabbis promised to the people. And he decided to study communist ideology. And after he finished his studies with honors, he started to work for communist explanation alignment, for communist propaganda. And we know it very well from China. By the way, for our family, it was very important to send my sister as a missionary in China before COVID to serve these people that live under this communist regime. And uh, he started to work for communist explanation alignment. Now, in that time, a situation in Soviet Union was even worse than in, in China today. Only if you have Bible in your home, it was considered as a felony. And you could be in prison in the basement of KGB for a long period of time, only for having Bible in your home. Now, of, in offices of communist explanation alignment, they had some rare copies of Bible. Why? To study Bible and provide explanation against the Bible. And my grandfather, because of his job, was able to get his hands on one of these rare copies and even bring one of these copies to our home. And it is exciting because I can see the moment the Bible entered into our home, the power of God started to move in our family. There is a power in the word of God. And my father was 16 years old boy. He found his, this Bible. And he started to be interested in what is written in the Bible. And he, very fast, he found himself falling in love in the wisdom of the Bible and full of love picture of Jesus. But of course, he had some questions and he wanted some guidance and he started to, to search for other believers in God and he visited synagogue. But in that time, under the communist pressure, synagogue was just as a community center. No prayer meetings, no Bible studies. Then he decided to widen his searches and he visited church, but church was in the same situation, just as a community center, no prayer meetings, no Bible studies. In, ret in retrospect, we found out that there was underground church. But of course, as a child of active communists, he could not find it. And then for a long time, he was only one he knew who believed in God. And only in the end of the 80s, the first missionaries from the United States, from Korea, started to come to Latvia and uh, share the gospel and plant the local churches. And my father very fast connected to one of these denominations denominations. My, uh, my mom come to faith. My grandma, she's 94 years old. She's still in life. And she's a, she, she's a Holocaust survivor. 
And she was far away from the aspect of the, of the faith in God. But she came to, uh, to church out of curiosity, and God touched her heart, and uh, she came to faith. And I, yeah, it is, amen. And uh, my grandfather, I didn't remember him to come to faith, but he was surprised by good heart of Christians and their high moral standards. And he decided not to fight his family faith anymore. It is my family story. And um, today I have a, I, 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 I have a privilege. I, I see it as a privilege to share the gospel to the people around me, to share the gospel with Jewish people and with Japanese as well. We know that God loves Jewish people. God loves Japanese people. God desires for the salvation of Jewish people. God desires for the salvation of Japanese people. And Jewish and Japanese people is both uh, uh, most unrich people groups in the world. And, but we know that God, had, God has other plan for, for Japanese people and for Jewish people. Okay, today I want to share, uh, to, now I want to share with you fulfillment of Bible prophecies in the history of the Jewish people. And this topic is, in, uh, is interesting and I believe it can bless you and uh, make your faith even stronger that Bible is the word of the living God. Now, when we, when we learn, when we study about Jewish history, isn't the, is it is important for us to understand? Is the phenomenon of the long Jewish exile where, where the Jew, uh, people of Israel were far from their land and persecuted, yet successfully survive? This is a unique phenomenon in the history of main, mankind. A Jewish people is a small nation. For 2,000 years, we were scattered all over the world, persecuted, and still successfully survived. It is a unique phenomenon in the, all the history of mankind. Now, I want to read the... Uh, let's move... Ah, yeah, let's move to the next slide. Yeah, and next one. I want to read uh, for you a short article that was written by Mark Twain. Now, why I choose by Mark Twain? Because he was a secular man, famous American writer, secular man, but he investigated the history of the Jewish people. And then, in the year, in the year 1894, he wrote the following article. Let's read it. If the statistics are right, the Jews, Jews constitute but one quarter or one percent of human race. Properly, the Jew out hardly to be heard of, but he is heard of, has always been heard of. His contributions to the world's list of great names in literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, and abstract learning are also very out of proportion of the weakness of his numbers. The Egyptians, the Babylonians, and the Persians rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greek and Romans followed and made a vast noise, but they were gone. The Jews saw them all, survived them all, and is now what is always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert, but aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jew, all other forces past, past but, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? 
Now, Mark Twain heard about the Jewish people and he investigated the history of the Jewish people. But as a person who didn't believe in God, he could not explain to himself the secret of these people. But we as a Christian, we know that Jewish people were kept throughout the history only by grace of God and his promises. And God is faithful to his promises. Let's move to the next slide. From the beginning, the formation of people of Israel was surrounded by miracles. God commanded to Abraham, leave Le uh, Abraham, who is the first of the patriarchs of the people of Israel. God commanded him to leave the land of Haran and to go to the land of Canaan. And God promised to Abraham that he will give this land to his descendants. Now, God promised to Abraham, who was 99 years old, and Sarah, who was 90 years old, that he will give them son. And from this son, Abraham became the father of big nation. And God fulfilled his promise, and he gave birth to Isaac. By the way, God blessed... Uh, no, it is not this. Let's go. Uh, yeah, uh, no, no, back... One back. Yeah. By the way, God uh, promised Abraham, uh, God blessed Abraham with another blessing. God promised to Abraham that he will bless those who will bless them and his descendants. It means when we pray for the Jewish people, when we pray for the salvation of Jewish people, God can bless us even more with this special Abrahamic blessing. In Psalm chapter 20, 22, verse 6, is written, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who loves you. It means when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, when we pray for the salvation of Jewish people, it opens the doors for God to bless us even more. As please remember, remember Jewish people in your prayers. Please remember Jewish community in Japan in your prayers. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, uh, as the history of the Jewish people starts with Abraham and then continues with uh, Isaac, Jacob, and 12 sons of, J uh, of Israel. Let us jump to the days of Moses. Moses prophesied about the people of Israel in his final speech before the children of Israel entered the promised land. And he said to them that should they not walk in the way of God, disaster will come. And God will scatter Jewish people, people of Israel, all over the world. But even then, God will continue to be, God will continue to be faithful to the Jewish people. And in the end time, God will bring Jewish people back to the promised land. Let's read it from Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verses 27, 30, 31. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples. And you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord drives you. When you are in distress, all and all these things have come upon you. In the later days, you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a compassionate, compassionate God. He will not fall you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore to them. 
Let's move to the next slide. It is exactly what happened with, with Jewish people. Jewish people lived, reside in the land of Israel, and with the time, their spirituality and their morality started to decay. And God punished people of Israel. In the year 586 BC, Babylonians came, they destroyed the first temple, and they exiled Judah. And the uh, Babylonians' exile continued for 70 years. After 70 years, God redeemed people of Israel from uh, Babylonian exile. Why he did it? Because of God, because of what God promised to the house of David. And Jesus the Messiah would then be the descendants from the tribe of Judah and the house of King David. And according to the promises of God, the Messiah is to build in Bethlehem and not in Babylon. And this is the reason why God brought Jewish people back to the promised land, because God is faithful to his word. The tribe of Judah returned to their land under the leadership of Zerubbabel, son of Shelziel, and Yeshua, the son of Yerzadek. The Jewish people returned to their homeland, to the land of Israel, and they built the second temple. Let's move to the next slide. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the... Okay. As Jewish people built the second temple, and by the year 70 AD, as Jesus the Messiah said, Roman soldiers, they destroyed the second temple temple and almost million Jewish people were killed. And Jewish people were taken to second long exile. For 2,000 years, Jewish people were far from their homeland. And different empires, other empires ruled in the land of Israel. Since then, different empires have ruled in the land of Israel. We have the Romans period, then the Byzantine period, then the Muslim period, the Crusaders period, the Mamluk period, the Turkish Ottoman period. From the year 1917 till 1948 was the British mandate. In the year 1917, Britain received the mandate over the, to rule in the land of Israel. And Britain ruled in the land of Israel till 1948. In the last day of the British mandate, 14th of May 1948, David Ben-Gurion, who was a chairman of Jewish People's Administration in Israel, made a courageous decision, and he declared of establishment of the state of Israel. Let's move to the next slide. David Ben-Gurion made the courageous decision and declared the establishment of the state of Israel. In this event, I can see the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth at all, all at once? As soon as Zion traveled, she also brought forth her sons. Now, I need to mention it once again. It was a courageous decision made by David Ben-Gurion. Because in that time, 
in Israel there were about 600,000 Jewish people. Now, right as the leaders of the Jewish people expected, the day right after the declaration, the armies of seven Arab nations invaded Israel. Egypt, Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and the Holy Jihad army invaded Israel. The new and tiny state won a miraculous victory. And of course, Jewish uh, residents of Israel were determined to defend their state. But the difference in uh, strength between small Israeli military and all these huge Arab armies was so big that we can explain the victory, by Isra the victory of Israel only by divine miracle. Amen. When we learn the history of the Jewish people and the history of the state of Israel, the first thing that stands out is the miracle of the survival of the Jewish people. And one of the things that proves the accuracy of the Holy Scriptures is the survival of the Jewish people and fulfillment of the prophecies of the Bible. Now, I want to give you another example of fulfilled prophecy. In the, in the 20th century. Let's move to the next slide. Now, let's read together from Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 9. For then I will turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call, call upon, upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. In Hebrew, the prophecy said, and I says, and I will give my people again a clear speech, clean speech. The prophet Zephaniah prophesied that God would renew a clear speech to the Jewish people. For 2,000 years, Jewish people were scattered all over the world, and this fact deeply influenced on the Hebrew language. Hebrew remained it a language for prayer and learning the Torah. Jewish prayed three times a day, and on Shabbat learned the Torah in Hebrew. But Hebrew was not longer a language for daily life. For daily life. Children did not speak in Hebrew with their parents. Friends did not chat in Hebrew, and businesses did not bargain in Hebrew. Everywhere, Hebrew was not longer a language for daily use. For their daily lives and communication with other nations, Jewish people, use the local languages. It makes sense. If I live in Japan, I want to communicate in Japanese. But in the Jewish community, they mix Hebrew with the local languages. The Jews mix Hebrew with the local languages and use this mixture of slang for communication within the Jewish community. They mix Hebrew with the local language and use this mixture of slang to communicate within Jewish community. For example, Yiddish. My grandparents, they could speak uh, Yiddish. It is a mixture of German and uh, Hebrew. I, I remember myself as a small child, they tried to teach me uh, Yiddish. Another example, Ladino. Ladino is a mixture of Spanish and Hebrew that was used by Jewish communities in uh, Spain and Turkey. Now, for for last for like for 107 for 1700 years Jewish people used unclean version of Hebrew 
For the last 140 years, we have seen a renewal of the Hebrew language. By his great God has once again given his people Israel a clean Hebrew speech, just as he, uh, just as he promised through the prophet Zephaniah. For the first time in history, a language that's what, that was used only for religious rituals turned into a living language used for a daily living. Today, nine million people use Hebrew language for daily life. And it is a fulfillment. It is another fulfillment of Bible prophecies. Bible prophecy. Now, we see the promises of God given to Abraham and his seed are internal promises. Let's read from uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your generation after, after you throughout their generation for, a, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. And you, let's move to the next slide. And you know, even secular Jewish people, they feel deep in their hearts the truth of the Bible and the divine providence. For example, first prime minister of the state of Israel, David Ben-Gurion, he was a secular man, but he once said, every Jew who does not believe in miracles is not a realist. Okay. Now we have talked about the fulfillment of the Bible prophecies in the history of the Jewish people. And now I want shortly to speak about and share with you about God's plan for the people of Israel in our days. And from the Bible, I can see two parts of God's plan for the Jewish people in our days. And prophet Ezekiel describes in most impressive way the two parts of God's plan for the Jewish people. Let's read together from uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses uh, 1 and 8. And we will see what is the two parts of God's plan for the Jewish people in our days. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 to 8. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, that says, The Lord God to these bonds. Behold, I will cause breath to enter, in, enter you, that you may come to life. I will put my sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, that you may come alive. And you will know, know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, as, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones come together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was not breath in them. Now, it is also important to read the verse 11, to be 100% clear that this prophecy is talking about people of Israel. Let's read from Israel. 
Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, so in the opening of the vision, the prophet sees a valley full of dry bones. And it is clearly that this vision leaves a difficult impression upon prophet Ezekiel. And then God asks, asks him a surprising question. Can these bones live? The prophet responded to God, O Lord God, you know. With his response, the prophet in fact saying that of course, that naturally speaking, there is no chance that they can live. Only God all powerful and he is the one that can revive these bonds. Now, what I love about this vision from Ezekiel is that in this vision, God specifying the process of the revival of the dry bonds. First, God joins the bonds together and unites them into one body. And then he gives them tendons, flesh, and skin. It is exciting. God is bringing Jewish people back to the promised land and unites them as one body. But... It is the reason why Israel in the last 70 years turned from the barren place into fertile land. But in the verse 8, there is emphasis of the writers, there is not breath in them. And this is so, for me as a Jewish believer in Jesus, it is very sad. God used Jewish people throughout the history to write the Holy Scriptures, to, to preserve the Holy Scriptures. Jesus was born as a Jew. All the apostles were Jewish. And today, most of my people, they don't know the truth about their Messiah. And you know, that many of them, they try to obey Old Testament, and uh, mostly they are maybe good people. But we as Christians, we know there is only one way to God, through Jesus Christ. Amen? But, and you know... In Jewish ministry, in Japanese ministry, you need a lot of patience. <laughs> to, yeah, you need a love and you need a lot of patience. But in the Bible, there is a second part of God's plan for the Jewish people. God desires not just bring Jewish people back to the promised land, but God desires for their salvation. Let's read from Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 24 to 27. Now he's bringing them back and for I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new, spi a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my status. And you will be careful to observe my ordinance. Now, and it is exactly what happening in our days. God is bringing Jewish people back to the promised land. And today, Jewish people are more open for the gospel than never before in 2000 years. Jewish Messianic community, Jewish community of believers in Jesus still is very small. In Israel, we are about 15,000. It is all, and we have maybe much, a little bit more in the United States. But it is growing each year. And it is exactly what God promised through prophet, as the prophet Ezekiel. Bring, God bringing them back. And at the same time, we see kind of spiritual revival happening in Israel. 
Okay. So we have talked about the fulfillment of biblical prophecies in the history of the Jewish people. Then I uh, then continued with the fulfillment of Bible prophecies in our days. And now let's shortly speak about the future. Uh, some Christian friends ask me, David, you sure that uh, as a Christian I need to follow Bible prophecies regarding to the uh, to the Jewish people? Maybe it is only for you as a Jewish nation. And uh, my answer is yes. We as a Christian we need to follow Bible prophecies regarding the Jewish people because history of the Jewish people connect directly to the history of entire world and second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, God is sovereign and he doesn't depend on, depend on men and he doesn't depend on Jewish people. What I want to say is that if we follow the Bible's prophecies regarding the people of Israel, we can know the time we live in. And I will just give you one example from the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 32 to 33. Now, learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tendered and put forth its, its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near right at the door. In the Bible, fig tree symbolizes the people of Israel. We can see, let's move to the next slide, yeah. We can see the fig tree as a representation of the people of Israel in book of Hosea, chapter 9, verse 10, also in book of Joel, chapter 1, verse 7, and also in book of Jeremiah, chapter 24, verse 2. <coughs> and Jesus said in the verses we read from the book of Matthew, look at the direction of Israel, because when you see the fig tree turn ripe, he is right at the door. Now, one more interesting point. We know that Bible also symbolizes symbolize people of Israel to olive tree. For example, uh, um, Romans chapter 11. Or by vine, for example, uh, Jeremiah chapter 5. But in these instances, Bible, Bible is talking about spiritual condition of Israel. When the Bible talks about the people of Israel and links them to the fig tree, it always refers to Israel as a people and nation. So Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 24 that when we see the fig tree, it is a parable of state of Israel establishment and start to blossom, he is closed by the door. And just as, I have, just as I have said, in the year 1948, the state of Israel was established which means that the fig tree has started to blossom. Jesus sent to watch this happening. And now he is right at the door. And for us as a Christian, we need not to just wait for God to fulfill his prophecy. We have a privilege to take an active part in his plan. And most important thing that we can do, share the love of Jesus to the people around us. Share the light of Jesus to the people around us. Be living testimonies to the people around us. And especially in Israel and in Japan, as I, men as I have mentioned, it is two both unriched na nations in the world. And we, have a and we have a privilege to be living testimony to these people, to share the gospel. And I feel that in your church, you have the same desire as Apostle Paul had. 
uh, when he said, I am not in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. First to the Jew and then to the, to the Gentiles. And just, just to, you know, for three years, I, uh, it was complicated. You could, but it was complicated to come to Japan. And it is my first time in Japan after three years. And I, and I see that atmosphere is, is changing in Japan now. It, is, it, it looks like people are much more thirsty for the gospel than ever before. I just give you one example uh, for, to encourage you to share the gospel. I was on, on the train in Osaka with my, my Japanese Christian friend. And there was two ladies uh, sitting uh, behind me. Or, and they asked me about Kipa, why it is not falling, you know. It's, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't fall. <laughs> and, and, and I explained them the symbol, what does, what does Kipa mean. And uh, I explained him it, it makes us humble. Remember, remember to be humble because there is a God behind us. We are just human, human beings. And then they started to share me about all the traditions of Shinto. And I really tried to ex respect them. I really love Japanese culture. But, you know, it, is maybe, it, it can be nice traditions, but, but it is not a way to salvation. It is not a way to God. There is the only way to God through Jesus Christ. And you can keep all this beautiful tradition in Judaism, in Shinto, but it is, a, it is, a, it is not a, a real way that can take us to eternal life. And then I just ask them, can I pray for you by the name of creator of this world and his son, Jesus? And the uh, train is full with people. And they, ask, or they answer me, okay, you can do it. And I just closed my eyes and I started to pray and I asked God, Please fill them with uh, your presence, with your love. Please fill the emptiness into their hearts with your love and touch them. And I opened my heart, uh, eyes and I, and I saw these two precious ladies just crying. You know, somehow God touched their hearts. And just to encourage you, share about your faith to the people around you. Be living testimonies to the people around you. And God can bless you even more. And God can use you and God and, and you can feel this power of the Holy Spirit spreading through you to the people around you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And now I want shortly to share about uh, our ministry in, um, in Tokyo. And uh, my idea is not to promote Chosen People Ministries, but uh, to share with you about our ministry that you can pray for us in focus. As we are new in Japan, but the uh, Chosen People Ministries is the uh, um, oldest Jewish Messianic movement. It was founded in 1896 by Rabbi Leopold Cohen and Rabbi Leop in Brooklyn, New York. New York has the biggest, second biggest Jewish community in the world after Israel. And in that time, in uh, 1894, it was um, many Jewish immigrants came from Europe to the United States. And Rabbi Leopold Cohen desired to help to these people to adjust in a life in a new country. But as a person who believed in Jesus, he knew that most important thing he can do for them is to share with them his faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, he started his, after eight of his friends came to faith, he started his first uh, ministry Bible study with eight Jewish people. But God continued to bless his ministry. And we have a testimonies from all, 
from over than 1,000 Jewish people who came to faith uh, through the ministry of Rabbi Leopold Cohen. And let's move to the next slide. And the verse that deeply, inf Bible verse that deeply influenced on his ministry was Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel for the Jew first and also for the Gentiles. And it is exactly a vision of uh, chosen people ministries that me and uh, alongside my dear brother, Isaac Uchiyama Sensei, he's a Japanese believer uh, in Tokyo and his wife is Jewish. As we open it, um, a new branch in uh, Japan, and it is our vision to reach both, as it's written. Both need, need to hear the gospel, Jew first and then Gentiles. And it is our vision to share the gospel first to the Jewish community in Japan, and then to pray, support, and work to spread the gospel throughout Japan. Let's move to the next slide. And yeah, for two, uh, 128 years, uh, volunteers and the staff of Chosen People Ministries continue to share the gospel with the Jewish people. And we have also a great testimonies of Gentiles who come to faith through Chosen People Ministries. Let's move to the next one. Now, when we speak about the Jewish ministry, it is very important to understand that half of the Jew world's Jewish population live outside of Israel. We have about 7 million Jewish people in Israel, 7 million Jewish people outside of Israel. As I have mentioned, for 2,000 years, we were scattered over, all over the world. And at the end of the 19th century, Bible prophecy started to be fulfilled, and God started to bring Jewish people back to the promised land. But still, half of the world's Jewish population live outside of Israel. And these Jewish people also need to hear the gospel. When we're speaking about Japan, only in Tokyo area we know about, about, we know about 2,000 Jewish people. It is mostly Jewish people who work who works in uh, Japanese companies, Jewish-Japanese mixed couples, and Israeli students in uh, Japanese universities. And we want to reach these people with the gospel. And we have a small Jewish community in Kobe. Uh, let's move. Uh, also in Israel... Both boys and girls have to serve in the military. I did it for eight years, but mostly they do it for three years. And, you know, for some young people, it is time of pressure, challenging period in life. And after this military service, they want to enjoy life and they decide to travel all over the world. Um, sometimes for a few months, sometimes for a few years. And uh, we know about uh, 40,000 young Israelis who come to Japan each year. And what we did recently, we, let's move to the next slide. Alongside my dear brother Isaac Uchiyama Sensei, we opened a guest house for Israeli travelers in Tokyo. And our vision is, and we're already doing it, we meet Israeli traveling, uh, traveler, travelers, travelers, and uh, we, prov we host them and we share with them love of Jesus and truth of the gospel. As um, and important point to mention, you know, Israel is a democratic country, only democratic country in the Middle East, but still there is a pressure of Jewish religion leadership against the faith in Jesus. And we did a survey before uh, the pandemic, and we found out that 80% of first generation 
um, Jewish Christians come to faith outside of Israel. I think that the, um, in Japan situation is quite similar. Maybe I not fully understand what happening in Japan, but I met many Japanese Christians, first generation Christians who come to faith outside uh, Japan. And this is our, our goal, our vision, and our ministry to meet these Israelis, to share with them love, and to share with them truth about their Messiah. And please, please pray for us. Uh, please keep, continue to keep us in your prayers, and especially for my Japanese friends. Um, you know, we Jewish people, we are just guests on Japanese soul. And to serve our people effectively on Japanese soul, we need spiritual support of local Japanese Christians, please pray for us. Please uh, keep uh, please keep us in your in your prayers. And I really believe when Jewish people will come to faith on Japanese soul, God can bless Japanese church even more. And let's remember that God God loves us. We have a great God. He loves us, and God loves Jewish people. God loves Japanese people, and God desires to use us to be living testimony to the people around us. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's finish in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for, for Calvary Chapel, Okinawa. I thank you for their desire to be living testimony to the people, testimonies to the people around them. Wow, it's so amazing for all their ministries that they are doing to this community. Please bless these people. Please bless this church even more. And you see their heart for, for people of Israel, for the salvation of Jewish people. And you promised to Abraham that you will bless those who bless him and his seed. And I ask this special Abrahamic blessing apostle, uh, upon Pastor Rick and all this amazing church. Please bless them even more. And we pray about Japan, about Japanese people. We ask about spiritual revival on this island. We ask about Japan. You love Japanese people. You desire for the salvation of Japanese people. And we will be, we want, we, 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 receive the, we receive it as a privilege to be part of your plan, to be living testimonies to the people around us. We want to be part of your plan for the salvation of Japanese people. We bless these Japanese islands. And we ask about Jewish community in Japan, these, these precious people. And the gospel arrived to Japan from the Holy Land. And today we desire to bring the gospel back to Holy Land, to bring the gospel back to the Jewish community in Japan. Please use us. We pray to you, Heavenly Father, by the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, David, stay right here. Did you guys appreciate that? Oh, Pastor David, we want to pray for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, wow, forgive me. Yes, we want to wow. pray for you. Yes, Pastor, we would, we would I asked you on the morning because now I'm. Uh, oh. That's okay. We would okay. love. Yes, yes, what? we want to praise the Lord. Amen. That was so good, wasn't it? Yes. As I mentioned earlier, um, pray about joining us. Summer of 2024. Uh, I was sharing. I think what first service. Just there's even times where people who were like, ah. Oh, our rotation dates are going to be earlier. We're going to be somewhere else. Uh, in years past, we've had people just join us from the States, from a different duty station. I even had a couple that joined us. They were stationed in uh, Italy and just met us at Tel Aviv and joined our trip. And so we had an amazing time. 
Please come be part of our ministry. Yes, we would love we would love to do that. Yeah, yeah we'll get some shawarma and some falafel, falafel. falafel. <laughs> it's just the <Yeah>. gospel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you've never been, or if you've been, you already know this, right? It it is literally a sensational trip in that your eyes and your ears, uh, your palate um, get to see really what Pastor Dave was sharing, the fulfillment of, of God's promise to uh, his people in the nation. And uh, May 14th, 1948, as we learned this morning, Ben Gurion making that proclamation, you land at Ben Gurion Airport and you get to see how God has uh, brought flesh to dry bones and uh, this amazing land and just uh, flowing with produce. I mean, amazing figs and just the fruit and it's, it's incredible and just the people and the places and the walk where Jesus uh, walked and to be there. It's, it's an incredible experience. It's the Bible in 4D. And so anyways, just want to invite you to be a part of that and, and really get to see um, many of the things. Yeah, yeah, just what Pastor Dave was talking about. So let's, let's pray for David. All right, there he is. In Japanese, that means please come. Um, let's pray for Pastor David, uh, his family, the ministry there, and the nation of Israel. Father, we thank you so much. And uh, Lord, we know and reminded today of your heart for all people, but Lord, also just specifically for the, the Jewish people. And Lord, we pray that you would open their eyes like you did for Paul, that the scales would Man. fall, that the veil that currently exists, Lord, that that would be removed and that people would come to know that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the Mashiach and the Christos Amen. that they are looking for and they need. And Lord, we want to be obedient to your scripture. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We, we thank you, God, for the blessing. We think of your promise to Abraham that included us as we bless Abraham and we bless the nation, Lord, that you'll bless us. And Father, we, we ask that you would also work in the hearts of the Jewish people there, that they would reject secularism and humanism Amen. and sin. And Lord, that their Amen. hearts would be open to the truth. And we Amen. pray that you'd raise up and strengthen the church and the Christians there, like Pastor David, his family, and the ministry of uh, Chosen People Ministries and, and, and others that are like it, Lord. Father, provide for them, protect them. Lord, we pray for great harvest for them, Lord, that you would use them in a mighty way. And Lord, we want to lift up David and his family. Father, that you bless them, their heart to move to Japan in the next season, that you would bless them and provide for them in every way. And uh, Lord, we, we're so grateful for the encouragement this morning uh, for your servant. And so Lord, bless him, bless his family, bless the ministry. And Lord, may we take heed to the things that we are challenged with this morning, that we would be light and salt Amen. Uh, to the world around us. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. 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 All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Let's give uh, David another round of applause and appreciation. Thank you so much. All right, church family, I pray that you have an amazing rest of the week, a very happy Thanksgiving to you and to yours. Uh, I'm very grateful for our church family and all that the Lord is doing. God bless you. Have an amazing day.